Today's actually gonna be really cool. I have a guy here. He's good friends with the guy that started this podcast, the first ever episode. Um, it's kind of as if this man, Pete, Pete Fiorentino, is kind of the linkage to all future guests. So be aware of that going forward. <laughs> um, he's an incredible guy, This the, the, our, our, our guest today. He's, uh, he's a filmmaker. He's a TikToker. We'll, get, we'll talk to that. We'll talk into that soon. Um, he's just all around fun. He goes by, I don't know. What's going on with his uh, his little name here on, on Instagram? He thinks he's some sort of young Hitchcock or something. I don't know what's that about. But we got the fantastic Nicholas Molinari today. What's going on, man? Hey, and you <laughs> did get it right. You pronounced it correctly. Thanks. I know we talked about that before the show and whether or not I was going to get his name correct. I'm pretty bad. I like to think I'm good at uh, pronouncing names, but I don't think I am. But anyway, uh, welcome on the show. Thank you. And uh, awesome intro. Uh, I do change my Instagram name from time to time. I kind of just put young and then whatever director I like at that moment in time. It's wow. kind of to tell everybody what I do and how serious I take it by misspelling young without the O. D- Wait a minute. <laughs> 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 I'm going to go back and look at that. Oh. Wait, no, no, it's there. What are you talking about? No, I got about? you. <laughs> I used to do that. I, I did used to do that. Um, <laughs> and I had a character, actually, I wrote one for Pete. Um, and he played um, a rapper named Young Taco. And he did misspell it like that without the O. Young Taco. Is that, yeah. is that like foreshadowing to Pete's uh, love of food? You know, deep fried and all that? It. That actually would have worked, but no, it was actually a parody of a real life rapper. Um, his name was MC Bear um, or MC Squirrel. I don't remember it offhand, but um, a friend of mine in college was dating him and she told me about him and that, uh, let's say his name was MC Squirrel. Uh, he only rapped about squirrels. Immediately, I looked at Pete and I was like, can we do a thing? where we create like a character for you and you only rap specifically about tacos. And he was like, I'm all for it. You know, I'm a little upset at Pete because he didn't bring that up to me. And we discussed characterization of him going forward. Um, we, we discussed how, you know, David Bowie and all these other singers have created these, these characters for themselves. Um, and there, you know, each album was a new theme and I met, he didn't, he didn't get into that. That would have been, that would have been fantastic content. But um, that's pretty clever. So he, he did he, how long did he do this for? So it was like for a one-time thing. He was uh, guest starring in one of my movies and uh, he had a rap battle. So it was, this whole thing was kind of like a thing. And he went up against a rapper named Hamlet. And his name was misspelled to be like lit, like getting lit. Mm. And um, so you got on one side a rapper who only raps about Shakespeare. And then on the other side, you have a rapper that only raps about tacos. And both of them are are like obscenely white. <laughs> so it's one of those scenes. I, uh, I need to see this. I, I 100% need to see this. It's like eight mile, but with a lot of enunciation. You know, we, we got to see that. I got I to gotta check this out. If you, if you send me a link to this, man, I'd love, I'd love to check it out. And maybe even share it on the podcast if you don't if you don't uh, mind about that. But um, 
So, you know, I don't know if people know about my background here on the show, but real quickly, I went to film school. I, I went to school for film, didn't go to film school. But uh, broadcasting, all that stuff, wanted to get in the, in the world of, of, of entertainment and what have you. So, I, you know, something that I, that I have knowledge about. And I have dabbled and made some small things. But being that, that being said, I have an understanding of what you're doing in, in, your, in your, your career, your, your uh, livelihood. Our fans may not be aware of this. Um, is, is film been something that's always been a part of your life? So it did start young, um, not that young, but um, when I was a kid, I kind of like bounced around the, between like anything that's artistic. So um, when I was like tiny, tiny kid, uh, it was all about art. So like I was always painting, drawing, sketching, stuff like that. Um, and then eventually it segued into doing magic tricks not insanely artistic, but it is in, uh, like part of the entertainment world. Um, but I realized I was way too shy to do that. Mm. So often uh, my dad would have to like be the voice of my act. And then I would just do magical things in the background. Um, and then uh, in high school, when I got to high school, uh, we got to choose electives for the first time. So it was like the first time where like, you weren't forced to take like, you know, X, Y, and Z as classes. And um, they introduced film for the first time. And I was like, that sounds pretty cool. Like I had a book um, that showed like the behind the scenes of like how movies were made. And my dad's a big film buff. And he, he would always tell me things like, you know, oh, do you know that they make movies like out of order? Like they shoot the films um, in a different order than the way you see it. And it never really made sense to me. And I took this class and then uh, like the puzzle pieces were coming together and I was like, oh, now all of that actually makes sense and this is really cool. And then when I, uh, right before I took that class, I saw the movie Goodfellas and I loved it. It was like, I was being hypnotized when I saw it. So I like, I was watching it and like, I didn't look at anything. I was, I was at home. My dad just got the DVD. He was like hyping it up. Um, one of my cousins has like a wall where there's like movie posters of like Goodfellas and Scarface. Like he's one of those guys and American gangster. And um, so I was like, the poster looks cool. I'll watch it. And I, when I did, I was just like, as soon as it was over, I was like, this is what I want to do. So um, that class actually came really in handy at that time because I really wanted to be a part of like the behind the scenes of making movies. And then they were like, oh, here's this class. So I took it. I really enjoyed it. And then when I went to college, I did basically the same thing. Um, I took film classes and majored in that. And I really, really enjoyed it. I started making like short films with my friends there and eventually um i started talking to pete uh we went to high school together and he was actually in the same film class with me um but we didn't really talk that much back then we kind of had like different friend circles and even pasquale too uh we were all part of the same class and then right at that point in college when i started making videos pete immediately saw that and he was like 
he, he was telling me that he was working with a partner at that time. He was like, we should get Nick to do our videos. And at the same time, he didn't know, but I was like, I'm looking at Pete's videos with his band and I'm like, I want to make his videos. So that at a certain point, I forget who messaged you first. Um, and I'm making it sound like a, like a huge meet cute moment from a movie, but uh, we messaged and I was like, yeah, like, you know, if you guys want, you know, I make videos. So like, I could work with you guys. And he was like, yeah, we were trying to get you. I was like, oh, awesome. So it worked itself out. And then uh, we started making music videos at that point with his band, uh, Brevity. And then, uh, you know, that just continued on. And I met Pasquale through Pete. And then we started making videos together. And I filmed some of their live performances. So I've been in that pretty much heavily since college. And so almost about 10 years that I've been making like mini commercials for like friends of mine who make like different products like jewelry and stuff like that. Um, music videos for any of my musician friends. And then uh, what I want to eventually do like as like a career, which is like make movies that I made um, three feature films and probably about 10 short films and yeah that's where i'm at now that's pretty incredible i mean i think i think if i heard you correctly you didn't see goodfellas until what age 15 15 which is probably the age you should be seeing it in terms of you know content but i'm kind of i'm pretty jealous because i was seeing all these fantastic films whatever at such a young age where I wasn't old enough to maybe understand the context or, you know, the really what was going on. And I'm kind of jealous by that one because it sparked your interest and you've been doing it since. And it's been, in a sense, a short bubble, a short amount of time. I was thrown in uh, to throw myself in here. I like I saw Saving Private Ryan at like five and wow. I shouldn't be seeing that movie at that age. But I also like watch it today and I go, it's I, I, like I've never seen it though. And it's kind of like, I'm a little jealous by that because it's like you were able to see this film at that perfect age and really understand or at least try to understand what it was presenting to you. Yeah, I mean, nothing was really censored in my house. Like I kind of had that same experience where I saw like Hellraiser when I was like five. Mm-hmm. And uh, I mean, it didn't mess me up. But um, also, I don't think I would have understood anything that's happening on there. I'm like, oh, you know, pretty images. Um, but even like when I first saw Annie Hall, I saw it in college, but I still didn't understand it until uh-huh. like after it. Gotcha. Also, um, you bring up that, of course, you do you do short films, music videos, commercials, what have you. Very different landscapes in the world of film. I mean... You know, not everybody who knows how to make a music video can even understand or grasp telling a narrative story. Um, the fact that you're able to do all three, I mean, it's not like it's rocket science, but it is a different, it, there's different nuances. How are you able to to balance those three? So I think I did it out of necessity. Um, my film teacher in high school, I, he was really awesome. Um, he told me one really important thing that sounds bad on paper, but I took it in the correct way that it was supposed to be, which he said, 
that no one will ever hire you as a director. He knew I wanted to be a director and he said, no one will ever hire you as a director because uh, you have to prove yourself. You have to show them that you could do something and you can never get to that point until you make something. So he was like, learn to write. So I was like, okay. Um, so I just wrote like a ton of, ton of scripts. I, I, when I was in high school, I had like a stack of like probably like 10 to 15 uh, scripts at a time. And I just kept writing it and I showed him and he was like, oh, you know, this one has too much subtext and this one does this. And I got like notes back on like how to fix all my mistakes and like really round that out. And when I went to, you know, take those classes in college, I made sure that I went through all four um, levels of screenwriting to make sure I knew how to write something. And when I was in all of those classes and, you know, getting his feedback, um, they told me to start out without dialogue. That dialogue is the easiest crush to fall into that um, mm -hmm. you end up, um, subtext is like the words in between words. So a lot of times when, when regular people are writing, we tend to write like all of our feelings and people don't say that. We don't talk that way. We always like say things that mean other things and stuff like that so it's really like a learning curve there so they were like get rid of all the dialogue tell a story without dialogue and then after that then you can add bits and pieces here and there so that's kind of like how i started with music videos because most of them and pete and i get annoyed about this all the time uh most of them are people just singing or rapping to camera in three different locations and they call it a rap and um, that's a rap with a W, by the way. Yes. <laughs> uh, um, so they'll they'll just end the you know the shoot day by rapping and, and singing in three different locations and just get like a bunch of shaky different angles uh, tilting back and forth, and then that's their music video. And Pete and I we always went for story based videos as much as we could, like we were really struggling during quarantine to make sure that we didn't compromise on story. Um, but we always wanted to make sure that we were telling a story. And uh, that's kind of where I started with that. And then in terms of commercials, it's, you know, you have to get out so much information in less than 30 seconds. How do you do that? It's a combination of showing a lot and telling a lot at the same time, but not going too overboard. So it's a lot of experimentation and a lot of just necessity, like, oh, this is what I had to do. And when I first started out, I was like, I wanna just film everything that I can and figure out what I do, what I could do best. Uh, knowing that the end goal is that I just, I wanna do movies, I know that. But, you know, even just trying to find what genre works for you, like you know, do you make comedies better? Do you make horror movies better? You just kind of have to do all of them, or at least I thought you have to do all of them to figure out which one, you know, vibes with you the best. That's beyond inspirational for so many people that are probably listening to this that are probably going, oh my God, I have to pick this one lane to go down. And it's not, it's not true at all. You know, something yeah, I've always everyone... taught everyone that I was in school with had that mindset where they were like, Oh, you know, I like comedy. So I'm going to make comedies. 
or I like horror movies, so I'm only going to do horror movies. And I also felt that it's limiting that you're stuck in one genre. Right. Because what if it turns out you're, you find out that, oh, wait, I actually suck at this. Now I've just yeah. wasted five years <laughs> or whatever, <laughs> uh, countless amounts of money and time and just focusing on comedy. God damn it. And I could have just went, you know, that happens to so many of us. And I think that's something I taught my, my students and something I taught myself, which is learn every aspect. You may not be, you may not be a five tool, uh, I'm sorry, a five star uh, individual at those, but you'll know every aspect of the production whether it is pre, post, or uh, during production, you'll know every facet, you know, pick up a camera, learn how to write, so on and so forth. And I think it's really essential that everyone knows this. And I think at base level, we do all understand that, but it's whether or not we act on that is, is the difference. I mean, I'm, it it's, is what it is. it's an art form at the end of the day. So like you don't experiment, like uh, at least they did tell us um, like, you know, this is your place to experiment. Like, this is yeah. your place to make absolute trash. Mm-hmm. And like, if it doesn't work, who cares? You're you're still gonna get a grade for it, and the grade is subjective as long as you try. And yeah, we can go into whether or not that should be happening in college. Um, whether or not, like, you know, people argue that well, that's why you shouldn't go to college because you're spending money to 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 waste time and and all that and energy. But in actuality, there's the other flip side, which is, well, you're learning from, you know, very knowledgeable individuals, all that stuff. We can get into that conversation. Right, and you're creating your <laughs> network. and Yeah, we, we can get into that conversation, but I, I'd rather not because I'll pull my hair out. Um, but, yeah, no, it's important. It is all of that's important. And I think you, you clearly have nailed um, that mindset, and hopefully you continue it moving forward. Um, you know, I, 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 I've... I find it, you know, kind of reassuring now that I know this, that Pete and, and, and yourself were aiming for a narrative in your in the in music videos, because it's clear when you're watching it that this is more than just, like you said, three locations, let's call it a day. There's a story there, and uh, I'm blanking on the name of the story, but there is the one with the fat head. Oh, uh, best friend best friend that is one that is a clear narrative and there's something clearly going on you're trying to tell a story there not just through pete's vocals and uh, if anyone who has not seen that music video definitely check it out can you go into the process on how you and or uh, you and pete or whoever else you've worked with um feel free to you know shout them out here but can you go into the process and how you're developing said music videos yeah so um pete and i we went into this um into the year 2020 knowing like back in 2019 that we were going to do a music video every single month for every one of Pete's songs that he was going to put out. It was going to be 12 songs and 12 videos. And right around, I think it was the third video. um, We got a little thing called COVID hit in the world. And we had to, yeah, you know, if you didn't know about this thing, um, and uh, we we had to become really creative because Best Friend and uh, So Small were the two videos that Pete couldn't appear in because we physically couldn't even be together because everyone was under quarantine. So um, for a long time, because Pete and I, you know, we've been working together for years, we wanted to do a stop motion 
video and we were like this is probably the best time to do it like we're stuck at home all day so Pete was like all right let's come up with an idea and we the way we kind of do things is we just spit ideas at each other until something sticks so we listen to the song a lot um and we just like say oh what if this happens and what if this happens and then at some point we do come up with an idea and uh sometimes it's pete's uh idea that we springboard off of sometimes it's mine but then whatever it is we do like 11 and a half different riffs on it and we keep adding to it and subtracting to it and trying to craft that story and sometimes you know we get to the end and we realize oh the middle doesn't work so now we have to backtrack and uh at that point you know once we narrowed down a story he sent over uh he mailed out some like supplies like a fungo pop and some legos and like he let me like really just explore just like how to shoot all of that like we had just the general idea of the story and then we did that but for best friend it was even harder because we didn't have stop motion but Pete had a fat head of himself. I don't remember why he had it. I think it was part of a prank or a Halloween costume that one of his friends was using. And it's a question was, you don't ask. Yeah, don't we ask. just knew that we had one and that we have to use it. Like, if if I can't use real Pete, then I'm going to use the fat head Pete. And um, so he he drove that over here borrowing it from his friends and we were like you know let's do a video where like there's an obsessive fan and i think we rifted off of ed sheeran's um lego house video mm -hmm. um and in it i don't know if you've seen it it's um the guy who uh the guy from harry potter that looks like him Yes. Uh, I, 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 is it is it Ron? The guy that Ron, Ron? Yeah. yeah. Yeah, yeah. So he's in it and um it's like, you know, about you know, people that look alike and then like yeah. he was a fan a fan and so on so on. So we were going off of that idea and we were like, you know, Pete was like, Nick, what if you play an obsessive fan that's just like, you know, really weird with fat head Pete? And I was like casually uncomfortable with that idea for two reasons um not the ones that you would think uh but it was mainly about like how i would film myself with an actual camera right um where i can't see like what's happening and without a crew to like guide me so i did the next best thing and i got my dad into it oh that and okay that explains that okay yeah, so that's why there's an old white guy in there. Um, so he's he's going around, and then I had the uh, pleasure of directing my dad, whose job in life is to direct me. Because um, for for people that don't know him, he his personality is to tell you what you're doing wrong. Um, Arnold. So that's like. <laughs> Wow, trauma. Um, <laughs> so that's like an Abbott and Costello routine right. as we're filming it. And we just kind of like had this very loose idea because since I was working with my dad, like, you know, he's not like 
you know, an actor or anything. And it's not like Pete where, you know, he's involved with his music. So we had to have something super loose for him to follow. And it was like, oh, you know, you're an obsessive fan. You have this, this fat head. You're waiting for Pete to make his next music video. So you're getting rid of the fat head and you're just getting ready for real Pete to arrive. But then the fat head doesn't want to let you go. And it's just chasing you around. Yeah. Um, and that, that was the premise for that. So it was really just hiding the fat head in different areas of his house and having um, him react to that. Yeah, I, I highly that, recommend people check this out. It's oddly sexual, but definitely check it out. Yeah, no, it, it's <laughs> very family friendly. Oh man, dude, I I I, I, I didn't know that backstory. I think that's, that's I knew. I mean, I knew the the fact that quarantine and, and COVID and all that stuff played a role in the development, but I didn't know that because you weren't able to shoot it yourself. Yeah, so you actually, there there is a funny pseudo sequel to that story because um my dad he is 67 years old and he plays video games i've seen and yeah so he also does not play like we bowling and we golf he like goes all in and plays like halo and call of duty and left for dead um he's working off of my old xbox 360 and um, I texted Pete one day and I was like, can I use one of your songs as the intro to my dad's show? And he's like, please do a hundred percent. Um, so it is kind of continuing the story of quote unquote, Pete's biggest fan still repping his music all over the place. I love that your dad is 67 and has a YouTube channel. Yeah, uh, we tried it for a long time, but we couldn't get it going. And it was really quarantine, quarantine, man. Um, we were just like, crazy. We sh- let's buy a capture card and just let's do some stuff. How and you, first of all, how were you even able to get your hands on one? I tried eBay. for the longest. Oh, so, so you were willing to spend a little extra for no reason. Yeah, yeah, 100%. I mean, other than really... getting your dad out there, but yeah. Yeah, no, it was about getting as many videos of a 67-year-old gamer online with some high-quality footage. That's because um, he's, he's a retired teacher, and we started up, like, a fan page for him once he retired. And I remember we filmed him playing video games one time, but it was literally just me, like, holding my phone behind him <laughs> facing the TV it's very 2013-y, and it didn't look good at all. And then during quarantine, he was just like, you want to buy a capture card? And I was like, yeah. Uh, so I learned all about capture cards and OBS during quarantine. Yeah. And uh, we started just filming him playing his video games. And at first, it was very like awkward because we didn't realize a lot goes into that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. and you have to be really good at speaking while playing video games and you would think that's an easy thing but it's really not yeah no like it's you not. Have... <laughs> i i like, tried doing <laughs> a uh i was doing a sims 4 twitch for a bit mm-hmm. and uh i mean that that's a little easier you could like you know talk about exactly what they're doing but yeah no it's uh it's an art form man just like just like anything i guess 
Yeah, I mean, I really can only do one at a time because I, I do some like minor streaming with my friends and the best conversations happen when we're doing the worst of gameplays. Yeah. It's never it's never where you want it to be. <laughs> no, I, I love that the I love that your father's getting in well, I I guess it has been involved in all that stuff. But yeah, Twitch or just streaming in general is just a you know, we all tried it during quarantine. We all thought we were gonna become these massive, famously fucking um you know, popular people, but we Actually, all, we all stopped to... about a month in. <laughs> I was talking to one of my friends the other day about this. I was like looking at a famous streamer that was liking some of my dad's posts. Um, they weren't like famous, famous like Ninja, but like they had a pretty good following. And I'm looking at their videos and like one of them had like a 1v6 um, clutch in Call of Duty. <laughs> I'm like, wait, that's all you need to become famous? Because I was doing that like every day in high school. Like I was born in the wrong time. If Twitch was a thing in high yeah. school, I would be famous. Oh, oh totally. Totally. <laughs> like, um, like I, I, till this day, I had a YouTube channel when I was, uh, whatever age I was, in, in 2008. I think I started in 2007 or 2008. And I was getting 30, 40, 50,000 view, view counts on my videos. And... You know, I was just making nonsense, like picture. It was just, it was all stills, most of it. And, that, and, and or, none of it's really good when you start. Yeah, it's terrible, terrible stuff, but great, great, great view count, I guess, at the time. And if only I still had it going. Who knows? <laughs> Wouldn't be doing I this had, podcast. <laughs> I don't know. I had a few hundred views, not to brag. Um, on some of the worst machinima videos of all time. Nice. And I wish I wish I saved these, but they were like on my old old like computer, like with like a like a really sturdy tower and everything. Um, but it was like I just did movie parodies in GTA, <laughs> and because I didn't have a capture card and I didn't right. have a computer that could handle any of that, I ended up setting up a 360 definition camcorder nice. in front of my TV, getting all of that reflection in the TV mm. and filming uh, my friends and I riding motorcycles over a lake, playing it in slow motion and editing the ET uh, theme song on top of that. Holy shit. <laughs> so that's actually how I started. Where, uh, <laughs> I forgot well, that part. Here's a, yeah, there. Let's let's uh, let's edit that back into the the intro. Um, that's hilarious. I think you know. One of, it's funny. One of my videos was banned in Germany at the time. Oh, I had those all the time. I always thought I was so badass, right? Because I felt the, the Germans were just against me. There's <laughs> something about German copyright law that that is very different than what the way it works over They're here. Very strict. Yeah. Um, you know who's not strict? Uh, Cambodia, Vietnam, Laos, uh, all those like, all those Asian nations, man, they don't, they don't care. They don't care about copyright law. Yeah. yeah. It's crazy. Probably because there's like 15 computers in like each of those countries. <laughs> yeah. Pretty, pretty wild. Um, but that, that's pretty, that's pretty crazy that, that, that I'm, I'm still hooked on your dad. I've watched a few of them, <laughs> maybe not at length, but I, I did take some peeks. Holy shit. It's entertaining. I mean, you got a guy who, who 
you know, on paper shouldn't be playing video games. Let's, you know, let's just be honest. Right. And, you know, it's, you know, for, for your average Twitch streamer, not the age group, but that's why it's so entertaining. And, and I think the best part is that he's using a 360. He's not even yeah, using uh, a modern, <laughs> super modern uh, platform. I feel like if my dad dropped in on Fortnite or Warzone, it would just ruin just like the feel of what he was doing. Yeah, I, it, like, I think so. It has to be a retro. Yeah. I there's so. actually, um, there's an adapter that I, I wanted to get maybe maybe for a future episode, but um, it's um, those three colored um, plugs to HDMI. Yeah. So we would able to um, record uh, my Sega because I still have a Sega Genesis. Oh my God. And I still saved like 20 something games for that. I have one of those things. Um, R- the the RG, what is it? Whatever the hell it's called. To HDMI. Uh, yeah. I, I know it's, it's the red, yellow, white. Thing. Yeah, 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 yeah. I always read it. RCA, the RCA stuff. That's who made it. So that's basically what I think that's what they coded as. Yeah, I have one of those for, my, for a VHS that I have that I was one day I was in kansas i think i was in kansas city um anyway i walked into a bookstore and they had dvds books all this stuff kind of all pre-owned or whatever and they had a they had a ton of vhs tapes and i was going through them and they had a one dollar for one dollar they had a 1991 release of the original star wars movie and which is a pre this is the pre-edits the pre bullshit that george did so i was like i gotta get this and i saw the price i was like a dollar oh that's it say no more yeah say no more so i I went but you know we came back to new york i i had i bought that that adapter and holy shit you know I, i i hadn't seen the original since i was younger because my cousin had i don't know if you remember i don't know if you're a big star wars guy but i my cousin had the 2004 dvd release and in that, they had the edits, and then they had the unedited version as well in that mm-hmm. DVD. And that was the first time I ever saw the original version. So I was like, you know, I'm not going to go to my cousin who lives in Florida and be like, yo, give me that DVD. <laughs> so I was, I, was, I was pretty hyped to have seen uh, this version. But, but yeah, I know. It just, it's the, you definitely need that, that adapter is all I'm saying. That's the only reason I brought up that story. <laughs> <laughs> yeah um, no my dad hates the gold i think it's called the gold version yeah i think star wars i think that's the the dvd release i think that's that one that that was probably the first time the all of the films were at that point completely edited right and then you start seeing hayden christensen where he shouldn't be <laughs> yes 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 that is that is the that is the collection so that that had to have been that might have been a six then, if if I'm not mistaken, or you know, um, but yeah, it's kind of a, it's kind of gross, but it is one of those things where you know it is canon now, so it's kind of like whatever, gotta 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 deal with it. I take it you're not a Star Wars guy. No, I, I'm actually a big Star Wars guy. Oh, uh, right. On. I'm more Star Wars than Star Trek. If if you're into real wars between nerds. <laughs> Yeah, no, we can get into that. I, I I do understand the love for Star Trek. Don't get me wrong. 
it's a more narrative, uh, you know, uh, science-driven. It the it's, it's... expectations. It raised the bar for space movies. Exactly. But There's no Star, Star Wars. Wars without Star Trek. There's all that nonsense. I, like, we get it. But Star Wars is just better. It, it they have it. lightsabers, you know? Yeah. They're not, you know, yeah, granted, you know, Star Trek was trying to, you know, fight injustices and, and whatnot. You know, real issues. But Star Wars had colored swords. You know, it's, you know, you say what you want to say about what they've done with it uh, in the recent years. I think it has its it has its ups and downs, of course, as any trilogy will. Um, I actually have some uh, controversial views on the later ones. I feel like Last Jedi. Oh, oh, drumroll! I feel it was the strongest in the last trilogy. Thank you. Okay, there. Oh, wow. Oh, that could have no. went south. Okay. Here, here's the thing. Before Creator Flow Podcast, there was a podcast called Facts Not Included in which Pete was on <laughs> as well. I do remember um, that one. And the whole gist of this podcast was that I, re- I reviewed movies with friends. We reviewed old films, new films, and it became this thing where, you know, every Friday we'd go see a movie. We'd come, come sit down, review it. And... I had co-hosts, Antonio, John, Mike, and we discussed at length and at sometimes at the detriment of our friendships, <laughs> um, uh, the, you know, films. And one of them being, of course, The Last Jedi and, and you know, the other two films in, in that trilogy. And again, this is not what the podcast is about, but quickly, I will say it is my favorite of the three. Um, J.J. fucks up the last movie to, in spite of... Of uh, uh, to spite, to spite Mr. Ryan Johnson, because Ryan sets up everything beautifully for num- number nine, and they ruin it. Everything was set up for you, my friend, perfectly, and you went. No, I'm not going to follow button that. Back to seven. Yeah, I'm not going to. I'm not going to follow anything that was in seven. Uh, in eight. Okay, fine. Then that's why we get the garbage we got in nine. It is what it is. It's canon, so we have to move on. But. Yeah, I, I oh, we could talk about that, man. <laughs> I, I mean, uh, to segue off of that, you know, to not get you into the bad vibes of uh, whatever JJ's been doing. Um, but uh, I think if I was ever given the opportunity to make a Star Wars movie, which would be an absolute dream, um, I would love to make um, Knights of the Old Republic sure. as a movie. Sure. Um I love how you went from, you know, whatever, you know, we were at before to, I'm going to suck up to the mouse. Very nice of you. No, I, I know what you mean. I would too, Ben. I think, I don't know if I would go and touch that. I think they're, you know, if anything, the reason you can't is probably because they're going to do it before you could. Um, I know. I, but I've been saying that for years. And yeah. That, yeah. I think, I think it's, uh, I think it's kind of, um, yeah, I think it's a done deal that they're going to go into that route. And I also think that if I was to direct a Star Wars movie, I do fuck, I do anything, man. Just put me, put me behind the, put me on that chair. I'll do it. I'll do anything. I'll ruin it, in some way. I'll, I'll Kevin Smith it, but I'll do it. You hear what he's going through with He Man? No. People don't like it. The critics love it. Fans don't like it because, uh, well, I won't get into it. Spoilers. But anyway, definitely check it out if you're. I'm a big Kevin Smith guy, so I defend him through and through, regardless of what he does. 
he can kill somebody. I love like, he had a like ninety ninety percent of his stuff, and um, probably like my top three for Kevin Smith would be Chasing Amy, uh, Dogma, and it's it's a hard thing to say, but I really love Red State. Sure, yeah, Red State is probably his best movie, um, hands down. It's got it. It definitely is. At least it's the movie that is does he takes the most. You know, I'm going to be a real director on this one. Um, he takes it very seriously in that in that movie. I I, I agree. I, I'm Red State's up there. Jason Amy's up there. I love the shit out of Jersey Girl. I know a lot of people don't. Um, I like it. Jer- Clerks, of I course. I think it gets a lot wrong. of flack for nothing. It gets flack for no reason. It's a cute, loving story. It's because they expected it to be like Clerks. Right. They thought it was going to be like, you know, a guy just in a convenience store right. talking smack with his daughter. Sure. Yeah, yeah, of course. And listen, I'm going to say this controversial move, uh, move right here. I may not like yoga hosers that much, but I love me some Tusk. I love it. Love it. Funny is that we keep announcing these controversial things, yet we don't disagree. <laughs> <laughs> well... If, if if my good friend Antonio is listening, he is t- he is bashing his face right now into the wall. He absolutely despises it. A thing we used to do in the old show. And I go, I know, we're talking about an old show that doesn't exist anymore on a new podcast. I know, it's ridiculous. But, really quickly, on the old podcast, we used to discuss, we used to do movie roulette, which was an idea that uh, another co-host had, John, uh, John Randazzo had, which was, let's pick a movie for each other to watch. So I pick a movie for John and Antonio. Antonio picks for a movie for me and John. And John picks for me. I don't know if I said that. Anyway, you get the point. <laughs> yeah, it goes in a circle. Yeah, exactly. And whatever it was, we picked a theme. We'd pick a theme. I think it was like Halloween or something. And I was like, Tusk. And, and right away, rolled the eyes. Rolled their eyes. I was like, you're going to love it. You're going to great. Don't, I mean, don't you know, regard it as a fucking Oscar movie. But you know, just go into it with, with a, a clear head. And Tony wanted to kill me. He wanted to murder me. And till this day, anytime I bring up the movie, he, he will either leave the room or just just roll his eyes. <laughs> he's, he's just got to give it some time. It's a cold classic. It, de- it definitely will become that. Um, that being said, your films, see? Nice segue. Um, yeah. Hopefully could get to that level. Um, but that being said, is there really... I mean, I know the answer is yes. But is there this passion project that you have been just dying to do? And whether it is that cost is an issue, whether it is that you can't get the actor you really want, whatever it may be, is there something that you're really, like, churning up in your head that you're just dying to make? Actually, there is. It's the two movies that I'm writing right now. I would love to make them, but it's such a money problem. Gotcha. Um definitely it, it's also a parody movie i'm really into parodies right now gotcha. um i love like um the movies like airplane and yeah the the first few scary movies listen if you could re if you could bring them back they could have a resurgence i will love i feel them. like there's been like a good period of time where we haven't had like yes. an epic movie and a deep movie and a disaster movie that they kill the genre and it can come back in terms of what like airplane was doing and like hot shots and scary movie, a lot of it is sight gags. So I think yeah. just our generation's 
we we tend to lean on like dialogue based humor so you know things from like Judd Apatow movies where like everything is like fast-paced comedy um spoken out loud and it's all obscene and it's all like bathroom and sex and all that stuff um so we rely on that heavily so I think to have someone write something based off of like silly signs and backgrounds of like image of the scene like no one's doing that right now true i think like that's what you're saying is that who out there is writing this kind of stuff i think the other thing is like and and it leads to what you're saying about comedy has changed and evolved i i'm not saying that's not funny to people anymore it's just that is a style from a certain age and and if you could genuinely bring that back and re and reinvent it in such a way that it doesn't seem like you're you're copying from that that time then all then go for it you know but if it seems like you're pulling too much from a certain era without being original it's where it's going to fail yeah opinion. like you obviously want to make sure that none of it is dated and none of it is copied and you want to create like your own version of it but I definitely think it's possible. And I mean, like, there's so many examples of how that works. Like, even, like, with the artist from um, 2011. Yeah. Um, I personally don't like that movie. Mm-hmm. I, I get why people do. But I also feel like it was, like, very much um, a win for the moment. Where I think if anyone made a silent black and white movie, they would have gotten that same recognition. Yes. So I feel like there's moments where like, oh, if a certain genre or a certain kind of movie is dead and someone, you know, reinvents the wheel on that, it's whoever does it first. Yeah. I mean, look, who's done a silent film since? Can't really name many that have, you know, hit the stratosphere. Um, the, the, The thought that you know, he was going to reinvent the wheel by doing that is, is nonsense. But again, like, you know, anyone who would have done it, they could have made one about a dog. Boom. Oscar. I think any movie about a dog, really, as long as it's not Beethoven. Then again, there hasn't been a good Beethoven in a while. <laughs> right. Exactly. I mean, what was the last good dog movie? There was a movie that came out like a year or two ago it was about a dog being like reincarnated into different lives. You saw that one? I feel like there's one of those movies like every year though. Right. <laughs> oh, I think it was like called a dog's purpose or some shit. Yeah. Yeah. And then yeah, I, sense. I feel like there's just a riff off of that, like every single year, but I feel like the best, uh, we haven't had a good dog movie since like Marley and me. Marley. Yeah. Yeah. I was going to say that. Yeah, of course. <laughs> I, I love it. Um, okay. So, it's been a long episode. Um, there's a lot to talk about, which means we will definitely have you on in the future. Um, it's been a pleasure to have you on. You have a lot of projects coming out. But the, for, for the projects that have been already released over the years, where can they find them? Um, so nowhere, technically. Um, I used to have a movie on Amazon. We just ended that, but um, I'm hoping to get another one out there in the same fashion. If we could follow you on social media, how can we do that? Um, You can follow me on Instagram. Uh, I have my photography page. It's called Nick Picks, NYC. It uh, cleverly rhymes with other kinds of pictures. 
um, and on my TikTok, which is called That STEM Teacher. Thank you so much for being on, man. That was uh, that was a lot of fun. We hope to see you hopefully soon, you know, down the line. Have you on again. Thanks for being on, man. I appreciate it. Thanks for having me.